Hello. It is good to be here this morning. I am so excited and pumped. But first of all, let me say what an honor it is to be here, to have this opportunity. I don't take it lightly to be able to uh, have this kind of influence of this kind of space. Um, and, I, and I definitely I want to make sure that uh, in every way I, I can, I'm, I'm being obedient to God. I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and, and letting Him speak through me. Um, so let's start off with praying, shall we? Father, I thank you for, for what you're already doing this morning. Father, that your presence is here that we've had this opportunity to worship with our, with our whole hearts, God. We just invite you to, to continue to be part of this service, God. Be the main thing. Be our focus, God. Father, give us a, a greater measure of wisdom this morning, greater measure of your anointing, God. We're hungry for more, God. We've got to have more, God. Come and be our everything in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. So, a little bit about me. I am uh, 26 years old. I have three brothers, two sisters, three sister-in-laws, 10 nephews and nieces. So I'm part of a, a big family. Um, they spread out all over, really. Most, a lot of them are in Whangarei, but I, uh, I actually have only lived in Whangarei for two and a half years. So I, I moved around a whole lot, and actually, as soon as I was like an adult, I went traveling. <laughs> I'm a big fan of traveling, so I've been to like 20, 20 countries. I uh, lived in three different continents, and it's a, it's a big part of my passion to experience different cultures, to um, meet people. Basically, I, I really love people. <laughs> um, so it's, a, it's another eye-opening situation for me to be up here and, and get to know you guys, to see you face-to-face and, and be able to talk with you about some stuff. Um, I actually delivered a, a similar message um, to what I, I feel God wanted to do this morning, uh, a few weeks ago at my church, um, and the reason I'm, I'm sharing it here, a similar message this morning here, is because I, I, I felt such a, a heaviness um, about the message. It was, it was such a, it's hard to explain, but it was like a, an intense um, weight that, that this was a message that wasn't just for Whangarei, it wasn't just for my church, but it was for, for Northland in a way. And so this morning, I want to... I want to encourage you to, to pay extra attention, not just so that, so that you'll learn, that, you, that you'll grasp and grab a hold of not just the, the information, but the passion, the, the vision, um, but so much so that you'll be able to then go and teach it yourselves, so that you'll then be able to go and, and impart um, what I'm hoping the Holy Spirit wants to impart this morning. I, I'm hoping that you'll then be able to go and impart that wherever you go as well. Because we don't just want to see this building change, we want to see Kaitaia changed, right? We want to see Northland transformed by the power of God's love. Yeah? All right. <clears throat> so, the title of my message this morning is New Wine. Um, this, is, this is basically, initially, all that God gave me in, in preparing for this message. He just said, he said New Wine. He said, he said, there's something new that God wants to do. He said, he is on the move, and I believe wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly that we need to become vessels that are ready for all that he has for us. Matthew, Matthew 9, verse 16 to 17 says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So what does this mean? What does this mean? It means that uh, most, most, 
basically all theologians believe that the, the new wine is representing the Holy Spirit. Um, and so when, we, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit coming into our lives or, or new wine, we, we've got to become, we've got to be transformed by, by Jesus, by the power of his blood um, to become this new vessel for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within. You see, if we, if we aren't actually this, this new vessel yet, we aren't quite ready for it, then it's actually, it's actually going to be bad for us if God pours out too soon. Does that make sense? Like he's, he's not going to pour out a, a new, some new wine or a new measure of the Holy Spirit until we're actually ready for it, until we're actually hungry for it, until we're actually pursuing it with all we've got. I believe that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit to different degrees. My first encounter with the Holy Spirit was when I was 13, and I was in a combined youth service, and I was in worship, and for the first like 10 minutes, I was just wrestling with God because I'd felt from Him to, to raise my hand as a sign of uh, surrender, that I wanted Him to come into my heart, into my life. And I was just like, Psh, no, <laughs> for 10 minutes. And then eventually I was like, what have I got to lose? What are, how am I going to stop God from pestering me about this? Or, you know, that, that kind of, just do it. And as soon as I raised my hand, I felt like, I felt like this, this wind go around me, like a, a very light tornado <laughs> all around me. That was incredible. And, and since then I've, I've, encountered and, and discovered whole, whole different measures of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I'm so eager and hungry to, to see how God is going to continue to reveal himself to me, how he's going to continue to come and, and fill me um, to an even greater measure as I, as I get to know him more, as I, as I uh, more and more earn his trust. John 14 verse 12 says, very, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater than these. Do, do we fully grasp what that verse says? Like, do we read the stories in the Bible of how Jesus walked on water, about how he fed the 5,000, and be like, oh yeah, that's nothing, let's, let's do more. <laughs> or are we like, how do we even do that? <laughs> I know for me, I'm like, most of the time, I'm like, how do we even do that? <laughs> This verse says we're going to do even greater than that. Let's, let's pursue the greater. Let's pursue the more. So one of my questions this morning is, are we ready for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? And what, what, what do I necessarily mean by an outpouring? I mean revival. Acts 2 verse 3 to 4 says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. I don't want to necessarily define exactly what revival is going to look like because I haven't experienced what the fullness of revival, what the fullness of God's Spirit's, Spirit looks like. Um, and I, I want to allow Him to, to do what He wants to do. Um, but there's so much more that we can be pursuing. We, we need the new wine that God has for us, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But He's not going to give it to us until we're ready, until we're ready to manage it well. We need to ready ourselves to be the vessels of the Holy Spirit. I'm not interested in, in necessarily having a, a couple months of, of revival or a couple weeks or a really awesome camp and then nothing afterwards. I'm interested in sustained revival. I'm interested in our, our world, our society, our communities becoming awesome, becoming more and more on fire for God and only increasing, only increasing in His love and His goodness. I want to see... I want to see people completely dependent on God in every area of their lives. Are you with me this morning?
Even in even in the prayer meeting before service this morning, I I felt their weightiness, their heaviness. There's an opportunity here this morning for for so much more for you to tap in to to an anointing. Or I, I don't know, I don't have the right words for it because really our, our language is so limited to explaining to try and explain our, our incredible God. But today you're faced with an opportunity that you, you will never have again. The fact is, we won't ever have this day again. And I want to ask you, are, are you going to take advantage of that opportunity and make the most of what God has led you to? It's like the, like the parable of the talents. The, one that was rewarded, the ones that were rewarded were the ones that stewarded well what they had been given. Are you going to uh, take this message, maybe even write notes, which is awesome, and, and keep it to yourself? Or are you then going to go and share it? Are you then going to go and... And multiply that. It's like what a, a tuck said it not so long ago, about a month maybe. He said, if we aren't growing individually, well, this is what I took from his message. If we aren't growing individually, then we're not going to go anywhere as a movement. We have to have revival start with us. It starts with our hearts, with our lives. So what is it, what is it actually going to take for us to get get serious about God transforming us from the inside out so that then we can go and transform the world around us. And yes, I, I see some, and um, I realize I'm not tapped in so much here in Kataya, and I know, I know that you guys are doing incredible works, but there's, there's more. I'm try, I, I want to encourage you and inspire you to, to tap into the more, to give Him your all. So, so many of us are waiting for a magical sign of, of what to do or like an open vision when, when God has actually already sent us a book full of instructions. Why would he bother sending us a, another incredible sign or whatever when we haven't actually paid any attention to the first one? Have we actually stewarded well this, this incredibly valuable book? It's, it's a hard one to hear sometimes. I mean, the fact is that this message came out of something that God wanted to teach me and grow me in and stretch me in. And I'm so hungry for him that, I, that it continues, that I want to invite him to continue to do this work in me. As soon as we think we've got it, we've lost it. It's not about finding a perfect formula. It's about relationship. So let's talk a, a little bit about this. What, what does revival look like? The fact is that, that God is on the move, and not just, not just in the world, but here and now in Kaitaia. Even, even where we can't see anything changing, we know that God has a plan and is working in the unseen. Isaiah 9 verse 6 to 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government there will be, and peace, there will be no end. The kingdom of God is advancing. You have a choice to either jump on board and stand up for what is right, be sold out for Jesus, or you will miss the boat. Revelation 3 verse 16 says, So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. 
God, God is pretty straight up and down. Like, I know there's been so many times in my life when I've wanted to sugarcoat his word, his truth, and be like, oh, hell isn't actually as bad as you think, or um, the sin isn't maybe that big of a deal, or that kind of thing, when actually, it's actually pretty plain and simple. God is pretty clear about people who are on the, on the fence. It's like a sailboat, like, like we sang in one of those songs, one of the worship songs. We can't change the wind, and we actually shouldn't want to because he's the best one at controlling, at being in control. But we can adjust our sails to catch the wind. And if we, we feel like we already have caught the wind, then why not make a bigger sail? Why not stretch ourselves in that way? I believe God is wanting to bring revival like never before to, to Kataya, to Northland. And it's up to us as individuals if we're going to be part of that or not. You see, God, God, God is going to, going to get it done with or without us. But he wants to do it with us. He doesn't want anyone to miss out. His heart is for everyone. So how can we be ready? How can we become like the new wineskin? I've got a couple of points here that I'd love to share. This has been part of my, my own journey in, in becoming more and more like, more and like, more and more like Jesus, more and lo- more like a vessel that can carry more and more of his spirit. First one here is try something new. Try something new. If we, if we only ever do what we've always done, we'll only ever get what we've always already got. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Next one here is, is use your Bibles and notebooks. Like I, I, went to, um, I went to Bible school in America, and there was 12, about 1,200 students in my first year class. And you would not see a single student there that wasn't taking notes. Why is it that at that specific school that it's a, it's a thing to take notes, that it's a normal and it's not normal here? Are we not pursuing God? Are we not wanting personal growth? I mean, sure, we may have these thoughts of, oh, it's more distracting for me to take notes, oh, it's difficult or a pain, or I don't actually end up doing anything with them. You know, scientifically, just writing things down um, helps you remember 70% more of what you listen to. And beyond that, like, let's pass those ex- excuses and actually train ourselves to use our Bibles and notebooks well. Yeah? Steward well what God has already given us. Steward well the messages that we hear. Make the most of it. Next one here is, is be free in worship. Like, really free. Like, like free. <laughs> it is for freedom that you're set free. Like, freely worship God. Like, if you feel like dancing, dance. Like, if you, worship is actually something that's meant to cost us something, right? Otherwise, it's like, is it actually worship? Like, what are you actually sacrificing? What are you actually bringing to God? What are you actually offering Him? Is it a song? Is it a, is it on, like, when was the last time our knees hurt from worshiping? Things like that. Like, like David, you know, shamelessly shouted and praised, glorified the name of God. 
Another one here is empower Jesus to move how he wants to move. I feel like so, so easily, at least in my life, that I've, I've always tried to, you know, Jesus, come and move in that way or come and, uh, you know, work within this framework that I've set up or, you know, I'll, I'll structure this service or this uh, prayer meeting or whatever and then, God, you can work within that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, Jesus is the main thing. Let's have him be the main thing. Empower him to do what he does best because he's the best at it. <laughs> Mark 2, verse 1, 1 to 4 says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, since they could, could not get him to, to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the, mat the man was lying on. What would you think if that was your house? How many of us would be offended if some random people ripped a, ripped a hole in our ceiling, in our roof, and brought some random dude in? I, I mean, we, we all focus so much on Jesus being in this situation, and I, I'm pretty sure I would be completely overwhelmed if Jesus was actually in my house. But... How easy is it for us to get offended? Like, we're like, oh, Jesus, come. We're, we're so hungry for you, God, but don't embarrass me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let Jesus do what he wants to do. Jesus forgives and heals the paralyzed man. He's not worried about the hole in the ceiling not worried about how he pushed through the massive line, the massive crowd. You know, I, I, um, so I was at um, Bethel Church in America, and I would volunteer in the healing rooms every Sunday, Saturday morning, and we would have about between five and 700 people come through to the healing rooms on, on a Saturday morning. Um, and some of the some of the ways people got healed were straight up strange. Like, some people would, would get healed before they even came in. Some would get healed on the way in. Some would get healed in the encounter room, which was a, a space we had beforehand. Um, some would get healed as they told us what, they, what was wrong. Or every, <laughs> There was this one situation where this, this elderly man came in with um, a very sore ankle. Um, basically, he'd, he'd twisted it, and it hadn't healed right. And so, before, uh, he'd, he'd told me what was wrong, what happened, and I was like, okay, um, how was your day? How are you feeling? Um, instead of focusing on the problem, I was just wanting to connect with him. And as soon as I, because this is what I'd felt Holy Spirit lead me to, just talk casually with him, small talk kind of thing. And as soon as I finished that, I was like, oh, check out your ankle. How's that doing? And it was completely healed. You see, it's, it's about following the Holy Spirit. It's not about me saying the right words. It's not about me declaring the right truth over him. Are you following the Holy Spirit? Are we, lead, are we letting him lead the way? One, another person, um, I felt Holy Spirit asked them to dance. And they jumped up and down, they danced, and they received the healing. You see, if God, 
always healed or always moved in the same way, we would create a formula and then disregard him. When actually it's all about him. <laughs> so we've got to be open. We've got to, got to not let the, the little things offend us. Don't let the little things get in the way. Like Jesus, like how Jesus healed through mud. Like, gosh, if somebody put mud on my face, I would struggle. <laughs> but he healed through through spitting in mud and putting on somebody's eyes. If your if your theology doesn't actually empower Jesus to be, doesn't empower you to be like Jesus, then your th- theology may have actually become your prison. It may actually be the thing that needs to be adjusted. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's not just about what you think. It's the way you think. It's the way we think. Don't stay trapped. Don't give up. If you've already given up and you feel like you're in that kind of that space, Today is the day for you to try again, and if you need some motivation or inspiration, then there's, there's incredible speakers online, or there's incredible pastors here that you can talk to or listen to or take some of my passion or motivation, or Link, Link or Emma's, like, you have incredible people around you that can help you in this journey. Something has got to change, and yes, God is on the move and doing some incredible things, but the, the harvest is huge and the workers are few. We need you. God needs you. It's time to, to step up, to, to go to a new level. You're doing awesome, and he's proud of you, and, and you guys are incredible. But there's more. There's more. Okay, that was a, that was a really big point. The next one here is say yes to God always. It sounds simple, but to actually do it is, is I've found, difficult. Say yes to God always. Your yes will open the door, but your character is what will keep it open. So allow God to transform the way you think, to mold your character in such a way that you will say yes every time. Now, there is wisdom that needs to come with that, obviously, because we can't do everything on our own. But do you get what I'm saying? When the Holy Spirit speaks, be obedient. Renew your mind to the truth and become who who has created you to be so that when challenges or even revival comes, you will be ready. All right. My last one here is get uncomfortable. Our whole, I feel like so often, our whole world is about getting comfortable. (laughs) But this point is get uncomfortable. So many people spend their whole lives trying to get comfortable, and then, and then they complain about being bored. <laughs> like, what did you expect to happen once you've got completely comfortable? <laughs> faith looks like risk, and faith is what pleases God. God does, his, God does his best work when we're out of our depth. You know, I had, a, I had a big family gathering last night in Auckland, and so I'm running on five hours sleep, and... Holy Spirit is, is, I think, moving here now more than if I'd had a good night's sleep. <laughs> you know, he does his best work. He's strongest in our weakness. I was uh, on a mission trip in South Africa once in, a, in the city of Durban. And 
it was, it was freaky, you know. There's, there's quite a lot of danger over there. And we were doing some street ministry. Um, but, but it was, I was completely out of my depth, completely uncomfortable. But I had this challenge. I had this word from God. Pray for people, you know. The, the word that it says in here, <laughs> go and heal the sick. And so I, I found somebody on the side of the, on the street that, uh, I'm a, a young fellow, about 16, had an open wound on the front of his shin. And I asked if I could pray for him, and he was like, oh, yeah, shrugged it off kind of thing. And I was like, um, it was a, a yes, it was just a resisted yes kind of thing. Um, and so my friend and I um, prayed for him, and immediately, uh, eight out of ten pain, like really bad pain, completely left. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to let faith be our, our, what leads us. When was the last time that we risked something for God? We weren't actually designed to be comfortable. At least not in the world sense. You see, the Holy Spirit relationship with God is where we will actually find the most comfort. is a little bit of a side note, but I think kind of interesting. <laughs> Psalm 22 verse 3 says, yet, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. So if God enthrones, uh, if God is enthroned upon our praises, who is actually enthroned upon our complaints? Who are we actually empowering in our lives when we are complaining? Now, it's very important to have that dis- distinction between it's important to share your struggles with somebody and, and create that the relationship, of course. But I think we all know when it actually steps over the line into complaining. And actually, what are we doing? Are we empowering somebody else in our environment, in our lives, in our families? Let's have God be the only one enthroned in our lives, yeah? I think we often actually mistake things in our lives as being from God or even characteristics being, uh, being how God created us. When actually, often I find that's, that's the old wineskin and, and God is asking us to lay that down so that he can transform us into the, into the best version of ourselves, into who he has called us to be. I, I believe that wholeheartedly that God can't actually fill a cup that's already full. We've got, to, we've got to come to the throne. We've got to humble ourselves and lay down what we think we know and allow God to be Lord of all in our lives. It's like that, that whole idea of we actually want to rule our own lives, be our own ruler. And actually, he's the best ruler. Like, complete freedom looks like surrender. Complete surrender. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You realize that Bible, Bible verse says if? It doesn't say, oh, I might or I might still come if they don't do this. So that kind of thing it says if. Let's humble ourselves and pray. Let's humble ourselves and pursue him. Let's humble ourselves and seek his face. Turn away from everything that is destructive. Turn away from those things that, that we may find comfort in or we may find um, satisfaction in when actually 
those are the very things that are leading us the wrong way. If I could get the, the band up, the awesome, limitless band, that'd be super cool. These guys are incredible. I'm like constantly trying to pull wisdom from Ember and Lincoln on, on how they managed to grow such a great team. So I feel like I've asked this, this question a couple of times, but what, what, do, what are we pursuing? What does revival look like? Let me just say a couple of things about it. It looks like crime, poverty, homelessness, hopelessness, loneliness being a thing of the past. It looks like God's incredible kingdom invading every corner of this city, of this town. It, lo- it looks like whole joyful people passionately pursuing their dreams with the support of their friends and family and community. It looks like people becoming producers and not just consumers. It looks like love winning all battles. It looks like relationship being the highest priority. It looks like God's people being fully surrendered to Him, fully on fire for Him, passionately pursuing Him. I'll finish with this last comment. We're all called to be leaders, yeah? Whatever that looks like, it it may be different, but we're all called to be leaders. And I want to encourage you to, to come to God empty and go to your friends, your family, your communities full. Come to God ready to receive, humble, and go, go to your friend's family ready to share, ready to love, ready to serve, ready to pour out. Now I want to provide an opportunity for, for anybody in this place that doesn't have a relationship with God. That <laughs> It's not about a religion. It's not about a set of rules. It's not about doing, being good enough to enter the kingdom of God. It's about relationship. I know that what I've said may have been somewhat painful, somewhat hard to hear, but the truth is God's love for you is above and beyond. It is unconditional. It is more than you could ever imagine. And I know already that, that there's some, some people tugging, there's Holy Spirit's tugging on some of your hearts. And, and if that's you this morning that needs to recommit their life to God, that needs to say yes to Him this morning, I want to invite you all, actually, why don't you all stand with me? We're going we're gonna to sing a song soon, but if that's you who's, who you're feeling God knocking on the door of your heart, if you're feeling like today is your day where everything can change, where hope can actually fill your life, your heart, your situation, God is already in this place and wanting to connect with you.